You're listening to Real Estate Investing Talks, a Simply Do It podcast. Your journey to success in real estate investment starts right here, right now. Here's Danny Bate Orr. Okay, well, as always, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, depending on, your, on where you are. I know we have people joining us from multiple time zones, including uh, Europe. So uh, it's always, uh, uh, you know, nice to have this format. Uh, my name is Danny Orr, obviously. Um, I'm based in Southern California. We do this session every week on Friday, 11 uh, a.m. Pacific time. So every Friday or almost every Friday. Um, and the whole purpose of this session is actually tackle questions that you have, uh, uh, you know, answer concern regarding real estate investing, obviously, um, an opportunity to kind of engage a little bit. So I love this session. What I've learned actually is that a lot of people watch this on the recording and uh, I get uh, calls after, uh, you know, after each uh, session or the following days after the session, people tell me, Watch the video, didn't watch your live, watch the recording. So it's always great. So always great. So if, if you are one of the people who's watching this on a recording, feel free to contact us. Feel free to put the questions and comments and we will, uh, uh, I'll try to uh, respond to them. Um, and also for you, uh, the people who are here live, if you have questions regarding to the topic, questions regarding to other topics related to real estate, by all means, please post them and I'll try to answer them if I can or if I know. Um, today's topic is maybe probably, I would say the number two question that I get. Maybe it's really competing with the other one. My number one question is how do I get started that I get from investors? And this is really tight. Uh, number two question is the whole topic of LLCs. And I'm, you know, I put, you know, maybe a little bit, uh, disclaimer, I get a little bit worked out or emotional with this topic because it kind of bugs me for years. I've been hearing these questions for years um, and I think there's a lot of ignorance regarding this matter of LLC. And I'm going to try to make some sense in it. Now, obviously, you know, I'm not an attorney and, you know, you guys always use an attorney to, to make those decisions um, when, when it comes to using entities, not just LLCs, entities, because there's a lot of reasons why you would consider using an entity. Uh, different reason for different people, um, you know, and there's reasons why you wouldn't, and there's benefits and costs and advantages and disadvantages. So I'm not, I'm not going to give you an answer, straightforward answer for your situation. What I'm trying to accomplish is give you, A, my experience from investing on a large scale, so kind of from the trenches, you know, so you know what, what really to think about when, when considering this aspect, and maybe bring, you know, maybe inject some common sense into the whole, the whole thing. So let me start by, uh, by, by, by two things. So, hey, Victor, good to see you. Um, number one is most times, well, I think the whole concept of LLCs or entities starts with um, real estate investment clubs or groups or classes. When attorney comes on board, which I had those attorneys as well through, you know, through the events that I have, and... They talk about entities or LLCs, and usually their mantra is you must have an LLC. That's usually what they say. You must have an LLC. 
Uh, no matter what, it's a blanket answer. Whatever you do, you have an LLC, right? Now, I got to tell you that I'm, I'm questioning their, their integrity a little bit. You know, it's good to know about the topic, but I'm questioning the integrity because a lot of those guys, they go on stage, they start speaking, they teach better ones, you know, not so good ones, doesn't matter. And their incentives is really to sell some product or services related to the matter that will benefit them, obviously. So the, obviously, that's, that's, that's the first thing I want you to keep in mind. Now, in reality... I think the whole concept of entity is a little bit more challenging, okay? Because um, I would say it's more related to what kind of an investment uh, you know you're, you're actually doing, and we'll talk about it in a second. And you know how you're gonna you know uh, uh, what kind of a uh, um, uh, risk your uh, risk or concerns you have with the whole concept of LLCs. Now. Let's just start thinking about what kind of investment will maybe justify an LLC and what wouldn't, okay? So if you're buying an investment, you're making an investment in real estate that has a higher risk you know, potential, then you probably want to consider using some, some sort of an entity, such as LLC and something else. For example, a flip maybe is a more... Uh, um, a more um, um, type of an investment that will justify using an LLC. Maybe if you're buying a lower end property uh, that has a potential risk with tenants and you're doing it cash, it may require some entity on LLC. So there are definitely something, you know, if you're doing commercial, that's usually even typically done with LLC. So the first thing you kind of need to start asking yourself is what is the risk? Why, why, am I, why do I need an LLC to begin with? Right. Regardless of the actual investment, are you doing an LLC or an entity? Right. I'm using LLC as a generic name, but an entity because you hurt some attorney. Are you doing it because you're actually trying to protect something specific? Are you doing it because you're trying to hide something specific? I mean, what are the reason, reasons or reasons you want to use an entity to begin with? Right. And do, does does your investment strategy really fits well with using an entity? Okay, uh, so that's where you want to start with this whole concept. Now, in my world, most of the real estate we invest in and work with investors on buying, um, it usually looks like this. A nice single family home in a nice community, in a nice part of, the, you know, of town, in one of the big U.S. You know, metros. For example, let's just say some, some, you know, some rental property in McKinney, Texas, which is outside of... Uh, um, outside of, uh, of Dallas, north of Dallas, just using that as an example, right? Good schools, doesn't have to be amazing schools, good schools, good area, you know, potentially good, you know, ten, good tenants. That's usually the type of investment we are doing. Now, when you, and we're buying it with mortgages, okay? Most of the times we're buying it with mortgages. So for this type of an investment, if that's what you're doing, right? The LLC may be a good thing to, to consider, but it's going to be a little bit more challenging for the following reasons. Number one, when you're doing this type of an investment, which is with a mortgage, lenders do not want to lend to entities or 98% of lenders, let's just put it say this way, do not want to lend to entities. They want to lend to individuals on residential properties. So right there, you have a challenge, right? Some attorney told you to open an LLC and start buying real estate. And then when you come to execute, you find out that you can't actually use your LLC. By the way, if you go to lenders that will lend to an LLC, that means you're compromising 
or, 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 uh, or getting not as good terms. Now the interest rate is going to be a little bit higher, maybe a higher down payment, and so on. So there's always a balance here. Residential banks or residential lenders don't want to lend to an entity, okay? So that's your first challenge right there is the first thing you, you, you do. Now, a lot of people in my career have told me, ah, that's not a problem. I'm going to use an entity, right? Uh, sorry, I'm going to buy it under my own name. I'm going to set up an entity, and then I'm going to transfer title, you know, into the entity. Yeah, and I've heard of people doing it, and, they, you know, it can be done. It's not a, not a complicated process. Absolutely. When you do that, two things usually happen. First of all, you're tempering with title, and if you don't do it properly, you may be putting yourself in some risk without knowing. So, you know, you got to do it in a, in a, you know, properly so your title, you know, stays, you know, intact or your title, you know, is not jeopardized. That's number one. Very important, by the way. Even if you're transferring it from your own name to your, you know, family trust, you're already tempering with title, right? So right there, you know, you got to be aware of that. Number two, when you did that, you know, transfer from the, from, you know, it's called, usually called quit claim from your name to the entity, you actually automatically breach contract with the lender, okay? Lenders have on their, on their documents, on their contract, your mortgage contract, has a do on sale clause section. And there's maybe four or five reasons why a lender would, would, would execute the do on sale clause. One of those things, and you know, pick up any uh, uh, mortgage document and look them up, you'll see it. I, I have, and it says, if you, I, you know, it's been a while, but you know, in simple terms, it says if you're changing, you're touching the title, you're automatically in breach of contract, okay? Now, for many years, I've heard people doing it and nothing happened, right? Some, you know, some attorneys have some ways how to do it better, you know, to do it this way, to let the lender know, don't let the lender know, it doesn't really matter right now. The fact that you're doing contractually, you breach of contract. So that's, you know, second problem. Third problem, if the lender decides to do to execute the do and sell clause, they usually send you, if when they do that, a letter that you have 30 days to pay the loan. 30 days, right? Now, for many years, I have not seen um, lenders do any, you know, you know, actually people doing that on one end, and then lenders are not doing anything about it. In the past year, I have seen two cases. Okay, which is not a, it's a small number, not related to us, but I have seen it. I've seen a letter once and I have one of my friends told me, you know, that he got one too. So that's a person I, I trust, he's a, he's a close friend, that they receive letters from the bank. And they're saying, because of what you've done with the quit claim, you have 30 days to pay the mortgage. Okay, so what I'm trying to say here, first of all, between what the attorneys tell you in a, in a, in a classroom and the reality, there's a gap. The ideal world and the, you know, the actual world, right? There's always a gap there. So right there, you're a little bit in a challenge. Now, here is I look, you know, when I talk to investors and this question comes up, which it comes, you know, often, you know, even this week, it came at least once, if not twice, right? I always ask, what is it, why would you even want to consider using an LLC? What's the reason? Usually it comes into two answers. I heard someone talk about it without knowing why or asset protection, Okay. Right there, asset protection. So what is asset protection, right? 
Uh, they don't usually they don't even know what that means for them. I mean, what, I mean, we all know what asset protection in a general term, but specifically, what does it really mean? Here's what I learned over the years to do when it comes to this aspect of using entities or not. So when you own a property, again, excluding higher risk type of investments such as a flip or such as a lower end you know, property or commercial or anything else. So if I'm just living or investing in the world of boring real estate, a nice single family home in, you know, in a nice community, in a good shape for potentially good tenants, right? Let's just say this is my realm of investment for a second. And before, you know, what, what I want you to understand is that before you start dealing with the question of yes, LNC, no entity, put that aside for a second, okay? Most of us tend to forget the really important thing. The first thing that is critical is that you get insurance on the property, right? You put insurance on the property and you already have some protection, okay? Make sure it's a good insurance. That's number one. That's easy and relatively cheap. Number two, number two, you add, you possibly add an umbrella insurance, okay? Again, rather easy and super cheap, okay? Super cheap. So I think those two, you don't, know, you don't need to think about, talk to an attorney and think about it or not do it. This is easy or rather easy and rather cheap, okay? Without too much thought process. So get those two things done before even considering the LLC, yes or no. Number three, take care of your property, right? Take care of your property. That means if something breaks, fix it, right? R you know, uh, um, remove any potential liability that comes up from the property, right? Before it becomes a, you know, a real risk, okay? So for example, don't be cheap and start fighting with a tenant on some exposed wire that cost about 75 bucks, maybe 20 bucks to fix, and you're fighting who's responsible for it while it's an open you know, exposure for someone to get electrocuted or, or worse, right? So don't be cheap and stupid about it. Fix it first, fight with, you know, eliminate the risk first, you know, fight with the tenant later. That, would, that should be your, your uh, ultimate, you know, kind of mindset, right? Make sure the property is in good shape. Fix it. Take care of it. Maintain it. Listen, those properties that we're buying are taking care of us financially. We need to make sure they, you know, we take care of them, right? Every property has wear and tear, has, you know, has repairs. You know, it's okay. It's, you know, it's, first of all, it's deductible, of course. Take care of it, right? And eliminate, uh, um, eliminate all the, you know, eliminate all the potential um, risk that comes with it, right? And if you're using a property manager, make sure the property manager is doing for you. The fact that you're using property manager is not an excuse not to take care of those things, okay? So right there, by doing those three things, insurance, umbrella, and taking care of your property, you've probably positioned yourself, I don't know, in an 80%, 90% protection, you know, uh, uh, scheme or protection, you know, uh, uh, um, scenario for your own sake. So that's number, you know, those are easy, simple, and cheap to do. Once you you've taken care of all those three things, okay, and I'm not saying super easy because umbrella insurance, which is an extra liability coverage. Someone asked me what is umbrella insurance earlier this week. It's an extra liability coverage. May require some changing, you know, discomfort with your 
with your insurance carrier, okay? So, um, so it may need some work to move things around and maybe switching a, an agent or a carrier. Deal with it, right? It's worth it. It's really worth it. Now you have that taken care of, insurance umbrella and take care of your property, then maybe consider adding the entity slash LLC. Now, in order to do so, what I would do is I would first talk to, you know, to an attorney about it. By the way, I would bet every, any attorney will tell you, of course you have to have an LLC. You're never gonna hear a different answer in my mind unless it's like really someone experienced or special. And once you open that door to the entity world, a whole corridor with option you know, is, opens up. Now remember, entity costs money. Either to set up, maintain tax, you know, in, in you know, in tax, and maybe you know, tax, uh, tax return, and maybe some, uh, um, some uh, um, um, attorney fees. Okay, so it's not cheap. It's still somewhat of an like an insurance cost. Second thing is remember that even with an LLC, you're not necessarily. People think that oh, the LLC will protect me, no problem. Not necessarily, right? I think that if you neglected to take care of your property. And it's in bad shape, even you know, and there's or there's a problem you knew and you didn't didn't take care of it. If there's a lawsuit, I'm not sure. I don't know what to tell you, but I'm not sure that the that the uh, LLC will protect you because maybe it's going to be considered gross negligence. Okay, I don't know, right? Remember, I'm just an investor. You know, I'm not an attorney, but it doesn't mean automatically I have an LLC it protects me. You still have to take care of the property. Still have to eliminate those things. By the way. It's common sense that you would, okay? So what I'm trying to say is try not to deal or maybe ask yourself what kind of investment you're doing and if an LLC is a must or do, can you do you know, it in a different way? You know, can you do it without an entity or an LLC? And then take care of your property. Insurance, umbrella, and I see a question about it. I will respond to it in a second or in a minute. And uh, you know, take care of the property, and then possibly consider adding some entity prote additional protection layer of an entity, which is fine. Um, now, I wanna, I wanna kind of before I, I get questions, I wanna tell you one thing that I've seen throughout my career of many years that always struck me, struck me, you know, kind of made some common sense to hold all this that I'm talking about to begin with. Um, Several years ago, I sat with one of my friends. We were, I was, you know, I was on a, on a property tour in, in, in Phoenix, Arizona. That's probably 2010 or 11. And I meet with one of my friends and we always chat, you know, about real estate, life and real estate and things. And he kind of says, you know, you've had those attorneys come to you. You've had, you know, you've been, you know, aware of the LLC entity question that always comes back. He says, Danny, I got a question for you. And this guy has, you know, multiple properties. He is a very big lender. He does a lot of investment, you know, properties. He says, Danny, I got to ask you, are you, have you ever met or seen someone who's been through a situation where the LLC have protected him and there was a lawsuit or, or someone that if they had an LLC and they had a lawsuit, it's you know it's been a, it would have protected them. And my answer to him was no. Now the minute he started asking me, the minute he asked me that question, I told him I, from that point on, any every time I'm speaking, I'm, I'm going to ask you that as well. Live webinar, um, you know, small events, you know, big events, colleagues, peers, different. I always ask people that, you know, that I, you know, I'm in the right setting, do you have a story? 
Can you share with me a story that you know personally? Don't give me a story of a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. I'm not interested in that. I want to know the details of where you were sued by a tenant or someone, you know, regarding your property and the LLC have protected you or if you had an LLC, you know, it, you know, it, it would have protected you. To this day, I only have one story that I finally find and I'm talking about multiple situations or multiple events, many, many events that I've been and people that I talk, I always ask us, I'm asking this question to you guys as well. You know, if you know of a story, share it with me here directly or send it to me in a private message. I want to know. I really want, want to know. But one person in one of the, event, one of the events that we, uh, that we had a few years back said, Danny, I have a story. I have a property in Colorado, which was not purchased with us. We simply do it. And that property... Um, Someone walked on the lawn, not the tenant, and they broke their leg and they, and, you know, and they, and they sued us. I said, oh, finally a story. Finally, finally I get a story. What happened? He said, they sued us for $50,000. The insurance company, you know, settled with them for $25,000. Done. I said, but you had an LLC. It protected you. I said, no LLC. We didn't need an LLC. That was the situation. $25,000. We didn't have it, you know, to deal with it. We have insurance. All set. So, okay, not exactly the story I was hoping for, but finally, a small story. What I'm trying to make, the point I'm trying to make is not the stories of those people, is the fact that I am unable to find that story, which I'm sure it's out there, right? But I'm really looking for it. I'm really looking hard and for multiple, you know, situations and multiple years for that story. And I still have not been able to find that story, which tells me the chances of you running into a situation with the LLC that will protect you, won't protect you, you know, are pretty small. As long as you do everything else properly, right? Insurance and take care of your property. So what I'm trying to, the point is, if you are an investor who's kind of, you know, sometimes I see investors that before even dealing with, with the investments, they're more dealing, spending time and energy on this whole entity question or, or deal. Why? Why are you wasting all your energy? By the way, when I had attorneys multiple times come and speak to our group, probably had more than 10 of those on the concept of, you know, 10 or 15, you know, over the years, concept of the whole concept of entities and LLCs, I always ask them, if I'm an investor, do I need to worry about the entity and asset protection first and find the property later or vice versa? Without an exception, they all say, Danny, if you or anyone in this room focus on investing, when you own real estate, come to us. If you want to incorporate some asset protection mechanisms, come to us. We will work with whatever you have. But we will tell you, focus on investing first and take care of the asset protection entities, whatever, second. Okay? So that's what I'm trying to say. And I got to tell you, I... Don't see, you know, I don't think from my experience, uh, you know, an entity is not always required. Some situations are, some situations aren't. Don't focus on that so much. For some reason, this is a topic that always, always, always concerns people. Don't focus on it so much that it paralyzes you from actually investing. What's the point, right? I'm always surprised by someone, you know, contacting me and saying, hey, we have an LLC, we're ready. Like, why? Where is your LLC? How is this related to the property? What's your strategy? We don't know, but the attorney says open an LLC. Like, why? You already spent money, energy, time. That just doesn't make doesn't make sense to me. So that's the, the message here. What you know, if I if I 
if I wrap it up or sum it up and then I'll take the questions. Number one, ask the question of an entity, you know, from the perspective of why do you need an asset protection or an entity to begin with? And then if the answer is because I'm doing this type of investment and it, it makes sense to use it, absolutely go ahead and do that. Such as a flip, for example, as a flip, if you're buying cash, not using a mortgage, absolutely use that. That makes sense. But if you're buying a nice single family home, like we do, which we call it the most boring real estate, you know, possibly, you know, uh, that you can possibly have a nice house in a nice community, in a nice suburb, in a nice, you know, in, you know, in, in a good school district. Right. I call it super boring real estate, which I love super boring real estate. Right. I think it's great. It's sexy. I find it very sexy. If that's what you're doing, you maybe don't need to, to you know, to consider entity altogether. Maybe. Right. And then regardless if you have an entity or not, make sure you take care of the property. You have insurance and you have umbrella insurance. So if you so this is what kind of if I want to uh, uh, um, to conclude or kind of I want you know, what, what I want you to take from this session is make sure if you really need an entity and if you do or not using an entity, take care of it, insurance and umbrella insurance. And with that said, I'm going to take questions. Before I take questions, I just want to say that I'm going to be speaking in L.A., Orange County and uh, uh, sorry, San Francisco and Silicon Valley in the coming month, the end of February, Orange County and L.A., beginning first week of, of uh, March. I'm going to be in San Francisco and Sunnyvale. If you want to register, by all means, I just put the link and you can register. Of course, share, tell your friends or um, you're most welcome. Be, be great to see you for once in person and not through um, actually uh, one-sided mirror, so to speak. You can see me. I can see you. Okay, we have two questions. You're most welcome to put more questions uh, in and I'll uh, try to tackle them as, uh, as much as I can. Okay, Nir is asking, umbrella insurance versus your regular insurance. Is it an, is it an addition or instead? Nir, it's an addition. So you got to have um, the basic insurance of your property, which usually covers you for at least $300,000 in liability. That's usually, sometimes maybe a little bit less than that, but usually a policy liability-wise covers you up to $300,000. You can go beyond that, but usually that's a minimum. And then an umbrella will come in and the whole basic concept of umbrella is to cover you from the $300,000 that, you know, the, the property insurance covers and up all the way to your coverage, a million, two, five, depending on, on how much you, you know, you covered. Okay. Uh, I'm not an insurance agent, so I can't go into, you know, explaining all of that in details. I just want to give you the, you know, the, the, uh, um, the, the generality of it. I can tell you that usually umbrellas are cheap relatively, you know, a few hundred dollars a year. Also, it depends on other factors of how many properties you have on one end. And usually Umbrella wants to cover your vehicles and your own home before they're even going to consider other investment properties. I think it's a no-brainer, okay? It's so cheap, it's a no-brainer, okay? So that answers you. So it's not one or the, you know, one or the other. It's at minimum a, property, a basic, uh, you know, property insurance, and on the top of that, the umbrella. Okay, hopefully near that that helps. Uh, uh, that explains. And if uh, it's still not clear, uh, let me know. Uh, and near near is who's going for uh, extra credit today. Thank you. Near has another question. Are most insurance companies provide umbrella insurance? Any recommendation for a company that provides umbrella insurance? Okay, so uh, that's a good question because I don't know to tell you. 
There's so many insurance companies. Um, the challenge that I have tack and I have I have had with this uh, question exactly some years back. I'm talking about many years back when I incorporated uh, uh, umbrella and insurance altogether and improved that on my end for my own portfolio was that most insurance companies do not cover multiple properties in the umbrella. So they, um, they cover up to three, five or so on. A while back, only two companies were doing, I think up to 20. Um, you know, uh, that was Farmers and State Farm, up to 20 rental properties I'm talking about, right? I got to tell you, it's been many years that I researched that because, you know, the, the, the need was not there. So you want to uh, research, you know, some things may have changed uh, uh, over that period of time. So you want to research that. You want to ask any insurance carrier uh, how many properties, you know, rental properties do they cover? Because if you're buying multiple, then you don't want to switch or have another, um, you know, uh, uh, insurance company to work with. So just something to, to think about. Uh, when you're asking them, that was my, one of my concerns was I need someone that can cover as many properties as I can because I know uh, I have many of them. Um, so that's the, 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 the one thing that I want to understand. The other thing with comes to umbrella, usually see some insurance companies in the U.S., right? They don't operate in all states. So let's just say, let's just say uh, State Farm, right? I'm just picking up that, uh, that name um, is working in multiple states and you decide to go with them for the umbrella and and, and you you move over from whoever you're using right now your uh, vehicle or vehicles and your house into that new carrier that's usually what they want you to do first and then for some reason let's just say again i don't know let's just say farmers is not in south dakota okay they don't have uh, they're not operating there in south dakota but farmers will probably i can't say you know for sure every company but usually they will cover properties that have insurance policy in south dakota but they can you know bring them into the umbrella so when you buy another rental property or another property you have to bring that you have to let your insurance agent know that you have a new property and they have to add it into the umbrella it's going to cost you a little bit extra not a lot and then you're covered okay so every time you add in a you know property or sell if you don't, you don't let your uh, umbrella carrier know that you, you've made that change, they're not going to cover it just automatically. And they don't usually care if the property is in a state they're, they're not operating, as long as you have the basic coverage. Okay? So what they're going to ask you to see is like, show me the DEC, the declaration page from your insurance company on the property, and then send me that DEC. I will make sure everything is fine, and we add it to the umbrella. Okay? Hopefully that helps. That was, uh, uh, you know, answer, uh, answers your question here. Guys asking, did it make uh, sense or saying to have a property or strategy of investment before the legal structure? I agree. But it's not so simple thing to generally dismiss the need for one. For one. I absolutely agree, guy. I'm not dismissing. I'm just saying uh, don't, don't be a herd. Don't just go and have an entity. Think about what the, the need is. Absolutely. Each investor strategy needs to be specifically tailored. I agree with that. And if you organize a group or you have a partner, absolutely, guy, I fully agree with you. That's really what I'm trying to say. It's not a, a straight yes or not a straight no. It's related to your structure, your financing, your strategy, and the type of, uh, of, of investment you know, you're doing. So thank you for, the, for reinforcing that. I agree. 
completely with your uh, uh, with your comment here. Very good. Okay, good. Uh, and you get a like, guy, for this, and of course near for extra credit. Good job, you guys. Thank you for the input. I appreciate it. Um, I will wait for another uh, minute or so for uh, see if there are other if there are additional questions. Okay, very good, you guys. Uh, I think I don't see any additional questions uh, coming up. Um, I want to thank you for taking your uh, the time on your Friday. Um, you know, I know people here in different time zones, so I really appreciate it. I want to wish you a great weekend, and I hope to get a chance to meet with you actually in person, either over a one-on-one -on -one meeting or in one of my uh, lectures coming up in the next in the in the, the next uh, month or so. Link is in the comments. You can click and check on the events and dates. And have a terrific weekend, everyone. Bye-bye. Congratulations. You're one step closer to success in real estate investment. You've been listening to Real Estate Investing Talks with Danny Bateor. To learn how Simply Do It can guide you through the real estate investment process and achieve nationwide success, visit us on the web at simplydoit.net. Thanks for listening.